Finding the right jeans is hard. Accepting your jeans is even harder. Whether you wear boyfriend or bootcut, high rise or low rise, this podcast will teach you to love the jeans you are in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Tina. And we're going to use modern research to bust diet myths and get real about body after baby. We're going to take you on a journey of unpacking your old beliefs about food and weight so you can learn to nourish your body and raise body-confident kids. So put your booty in a chair and let's talk mom jeans. This episode you're about to listen to has a few choice words. So if you're listening with your children in the car, earmuffs. Thank you. Welcome to Mom Jeans. Today we are going to be doing something a little bit different and we are going to be interviewing three mamas and their recovery story. Recovery from an eating disorder is certainly not a linear path, nor is there one way to tackle recovery. Each person's journey of recovery is as individual as their eating disorder. So we wanted to offer a space for three different moms with various backgrounds and recovery journeys to share their story and honestly discuss how becoming a mom added another layer to their recovery process. We are so grateful for their vulnerability, their strength, and their courage as they navigate busting diet myths, letting go of body image ideals, coping with their feelings without using food or behaviors, and showing up to their recovery day in and day out. We decided to split this episode into three parts so that each episode is each mom's separate story. I would encourage you all to listen to all three as each mom has a very important message to share. We have a new mom, an eating disorder professional and leader in the eating disorder field. We have a mom of two who has fought against biases and a lack of resources as she has tried to advocate for her recovery. And a mama of one who has jumped through many hurdles in her recovery journey and through these hurdles has found true peace. So we're just going to jump right in this week. So let's transition to these stories. All right. Welcome, everyone, to this very sweet and special interview today. Uh, this human has like a very sweet, dear piece of my heart because um, I was actually able to be a stepping stone in her process. So it's it's been a lovely journey. And I'm sure um, she's going to say that she's probably wanted to hit me in the face a couple times while we work together. But um, it's it's been such an amazing um, process. And I feel very grateful to have helped you along that, uh, even though it might have been such a small part in the whole journey. So um, I'm excited to get this interview going today. And so yeah, welcome. Thanks for Thanks for sharing with us. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, So yeah, let's jump right in and um, tell us a little bit about your story of body acceptance, like when things kind of started happening, how you healed them, how becoming a mom maybe re-triggered them or helped. Okay. Um, I started having, I'd say an unhealthy relationship with food when I was maybe around age 11 or 12. And it really wasn't a full-blown eating disorder and exercise addiction until I was around 18. And I really didn't know what I was 
sort of getting myself into at the time. I mean, I can look back now and see how uh, diet very quickly turned into an eating disorder, but education and awareness around eating disorders wasn't as prevalent then and social media wasn't a thing that existed yet and I just truly felt I felt so alone for so long and I played club sports in college and my coach and the school sports doctor really no one had any clue or could recognize even that I had an eating disorder right and I also want to point out like you're not like 80 years old you know what I mean so like oh no it's like it's not that long ago that this happened so that's no it's yeah pretty unbelievable honestly and I would be at the doctor and would have had drastic weight loss the school sports doctor told me that my legs essentially looked shattered I had so many stress fractures and I had lost my period and the solution was to take birth control to get my period back and he told me to eat more and exercise less and that was pretty much it yeah so I just, I really didn't get any sort of help or even understand what I was doing or admit to myself or anyone that I had a problem until I was almost 23. So by the time I got help, it was fairly in, entrenched. And I think from the first time I got help, it was an almost eight year process of varying levels of support. I was in treatment a number of times. I was going to groups. I had an outpatient therapist and dietitian for years. <laughs> um, so it was definitely a long process of recovery for me. So, And I also spent a lot of that time thinking that either I didn't want to get better or that I couldn't get better because it was just too hard. So yeah, it was quite, quite a long journey. It's tough. I think not completely disclosing information, but I think like if we're kind of going down the avenue of moms and we don't want to bash anybody, but I think that knowing your story, like you did have a struggle with your mom. And so having that influence kept, I think what I'm trying to say is like, unfortunately your mom was entrenched in diet culture Mm -hmm. and that didn't really support your recovery process very well. For sure. And I think that definitely I had, I received a lot of negative messages about food and my body growing up. And I think the messages that you receive as a child from your parents, from society, from magazines, from everywhere can be really like very impactful. And the rules that I had about food growing up things that were labeled as fattening or unhealthy or had too much sugar or that I shouldn't have, those became the rules of my eating disorder. And those were the foods that I was afraid to eat or felt like I couldn't eat when I had an eating disorder. And those were things that I I learned very young were, you know, bad foods. So I really had to sort of undo all those messages. Right. And I know that that was really hard for you because even then as an adult, when you're working through navigating and unwinding some of those distortions, they were getting re-triggered because it's not like your mom was also going through recovery. You know, it's like, hey, that's she's still living in diet culture and it's your responsibility now moving through recovery to 
let that go in one ear out the other or figure out how to navigate that. So how do you feel like becoming a mom has either re-triggered those things or motivated you to want to make things different for your child? I feel like, well, I would have considered myself fully recovered for a few years before we decided to have a baby. But being pregnant and giving birth, I really feel like made me appreciate my recovery sort of on a whole new level. And it was actually this really incredibly empowering experience. And I've had a lot of friends who have no history at all of eating or body image issues who had warned me that gaining weight and just the changes in your body from pregnancy and breastfeeding, if that's your feeding path, and then losing the baby weight after the baby was really hard on them and not a process that they really enjoyed. And there's just, there is so much focus on your body and your weight in pregnancy. It's, it's really wild and not, not just medically, of course, that's important, but also how everyone, including total strangers, want to guess how far along you are. It's they want to terrible. Guess the gender of the baby by the oh my way gosh. your body carries the pregnancy. They want to make comments about your body post baby it's I mean people that I would pass on the street would be like it's a boy right right because I know you're just pregnant here and not here and I was like no it's a uh do like, I you know sure? you do I know it's, you oh my, yeah. it's horrifying it's just weird I mean I would never make comments but people do they have this fascination with pregnancy and I feel like I just had no expectations of what my body should look like or feel like or how much weight I should gain or not, or that I would even have the same body again after having a baby that I had before. And it was all just really a totally freeing experience. I mean, I wish that everybody could have that pregnancy experience. I think that's because you've you've done a lot of work with your body. You know what I mean? Like you did that therapeutic work in your recovery journey. And so it's almost like you were trained truly to appreciate it. Right. And I think that those that maybe don't go through that because they haven't had those struggles or have just had the privilege of having a certain body, then the time when it actually does change, they're like, I've never done any work on this because my body's never changed or I've never struggled with anything like this. And so it's like a, it's it's the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess, like you had to really work hard to then have this really neutral experience or maybe positive experience. Right. I mean, and I feel like I, yeah, I do definitely really appreciate it because it's not something that I, I had or had to work and had to work very hard for. And it also, it like blows people's minds when you don't care about your weight. Like I told my OB at my very first prenatal appointment, look, this is my history. I'm totally recovered. I don't really know care what I weigh, but it is my usual practice to step on the scale backwards. And I'm going to continue to do that. So if you are concerned that I'm gaining too much weight or not enough weight, then please let's talk about it. But if everything's fine, can we just not discuss it? Because I trust my body. I trust my hunger. I trust my fullness. And I don't expect that to change. And we didn't have to talk about my weight my whole pregnancy. And when, when we checked in to deliver at the hospital, you know, they asked, you know, birthday, insurance, whatever. And the nurse asked me what, she was like, well, how much did you weigh before you were pregnant? And I said, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And she was 
could not believe it. She was kept asking, wait, what? She's like, well, I just mean, how, how do you, how do you know how much weight you gain? How do you, how do you not know how much you weigh? And I said, well, my doctor knows and it doesn't really matter. And she just could, like, could not believe that I hadn't tracked my weight or my weight gain while I, I was pregnant. It's mind blowing to some people. Yeah. Especially because I'm sure her norm is like people coming in and being like, oh, I've been tracking it to the 10th ounce, you know? So, well, so what is the greatest lesson that you've learned in your body acceptance journey? I think that in, it definitely ties into being a mom, which I think that I've really gotten to learn and witness in my daughter that we are literally born to be intuitive eaters. And I feel so fiercely protective of her just innate ability to do that because it has been amazing to watch her just know what she likes, you know, what she eats, like she knows what she wants to eat, what she likes, when she wants to eat, when she's full. And it blows my mind because that took me until my early 30s to really be at peace with. And I missed out on a lot of time, experiences, and really just happiness because of it. And she just came out having this like primal knowledge of what her body needs and wants. And that, I mean, I, I'd heard that babies are born knowing that, but seeing it is really just, it's wild. How do they even, like, it's interesting because I know some people, they don't even trust themselves yet if they do give the opportunity like we're trusting infants you know like they've been right. on this planet for right. two weeks and and we trust them you know but yet we can't trust our 30 some year old selves and so I think it is something to really acknowledge like we are birthed out of the womb having this ability and if we can recognize that to continue to tap into that then Hopefully it can thrive your body acceptance and really trusting that your body does know what to do, knows how to communicate to you, and will ultimately rest where it needs to rest at various stages of life. So, And in terms of like your body settling and things like that, I think, I mean, like I said, I was you know recovered before I got pregnant and hadn't done anything to alter my body with food or exercise for years. But weirdly enough, I feel like my body settled into its set point for the first time, maybe in my entire life after I had the baby. Wow. And I was so, my body just, it, it was weird. I mean, I'd been intuitive eating for a long time, but I think when, I mean, I gratefully had an easy pregnancy in the sense that I didn't have any complications, but I also had 24 seven nausea until about 24 weeks no oh my gosh which the whole time I was like thank god I'm recovered because if I were eating buttered rice and like Dr. Pepper every day I would have lost my mind but that you gotta do what you gotta do and after the baby my body just kind of settled I think and weirdly all kinds of people were like, oh, how'd you get your body back after the baby? Which, first of all, she's like a couple weeks old. What, <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? But I would just say, honestly, first, I had the baby. So there's not a baby in my body anymore. Yep, yep. Second, I eat a second dinner after my first dinner because I'm starving. And then I keep a box of snacks by my bed. 
and I eat a whole bag of macadamia nuts at two in the morning when I'm nursing the baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I don't exercise at all because I can't, I can't even walk up the stairs right now. And that's what I did. And that's not what people want to hear. They want to hear no. like, they're like, wait, you're eating and, and resting. Yeah. What does this mean? I'm yeah. like, I eat all day and I do nothing. And that's my body just did what it did. You're taking care of it, which is beautiful. So shifting gears a little bit, like, would you tell your daughter about your eating disorder or not tell her and, and why? What would be the option there? I definitely think I, I would tell her at some point. I mean, I think at some point she'll start to have awareness that these types of things exist. And I do feel like it's important for her to know my journey. I, I really haven't thought about to, to what extent I would tell her, but I mean, I would like to think I'd be completely transparent with her. Cause also, I mean, there's, there's nothing to hide. I am recovered. It's something you can get past. And also it's something that exists in society. Totally. And my husband and I, you know, feel strongly that we want to be models for her of what balanced, you know, moving your body, eating, things like that are. But the reality is we can't completely shelter our children from this toxic culture of diet and body obsession. She's going to hear it from peers. She's going to hear it from other parents. She's going to hear it from, God forbid, her school. So there's, it, it's not a thing that I can completely shelter her from. And so I f- would hope that sharing my experience in some sort of a way where we can have a discussion about it would be beneficial to her at some point. How do you feel like now you're navigating your recovery and any other triggers as a mom? I, I think because I was in a place where I was recovered before, it, it really hasn't changed much. I don't feel triggered by anything. I don't, I, I'm just, I just kind of already had this ease with food in my body before. And I think, again, I guess the, the gratitude piece, I just, I'm constantly grateful for my recovery because I mean, it's been, you know, she just turned one a couple of weeks ago and she is an atrocious sleeper. <laughs> oh no. She, <laughs> She, she's adorable and she's healthy and I love her so much. And she didn't sleep through the night until almost 11 months. And she didn't sleep longer. That's Henry. She didn't sleep longer than three and then a three hour stretch until maybe seven or eight months. And so I'm just. Slowly dying. Yeah. Tired. It is Uh so hard. I used to think I was tired and busy and I used to work a job where I worked over a hundred hours a week. And this is way harder oh sleep deprivation I feel like is straight up torture like that that would be my hell like you're just sleep deprived for the rest of your life it is I mean it is unreal and then of course when you're pregnant you're waking up to go to the bathroom every four minutes so I haven't slept in like two years I'm I'm so tired I'm a very tired person I'm someone that needs a lot of sleep and I feel like I remember like in your recovery I'm like dude you need to go get sleep tested because I am concerned about your level of sleep desires. Like, And I did get sleep tested and they and told me that I was chronically exhausted, but they yeah. didn't know why. It's chronic fatigue. That's oh, what it so is. I'm very tired. Oh, I'm I so sorry. Like, <laughs> oh, that's fine. But I feel like if food and eating and taking care of myself weren't absolutely just like like a like a reflex second nature easy, then that would have potentially been a 
like a very big challenge in recovery, but fortunately it, it, it is. So I'm still able to take care of myself. I mean, that is, if I was worried about trying to feed myself on top of take care of a child, it would feel pretty challenging. Yeah. So it's sounding like, hey, I've done the work. You kind of prepped yourself prior to embarking on the motherhood journey. Right. Like you really got to a stable enough place in your life and recovery before you added in another human. And I understand that for a lot of people that that isn't possible. It's not possible. the way it works, right. And so, you know, but it's sounding like if that could happen, like, hey, it's probably better, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. All right, so last question. What, because I know there's going to be a lot of mamas listening to this and being like, hey, maybe, maybe I do have an eating disorder or I'm struggling with an eating disorder or I, I'm, I just don't know what to do or how to get help. So like, what what would you want to share to these mamas who are navigating this journey or thinking about navigating the journey of healing their body um, or disordered eating, eating disorder, everything kind of under I would that say, umbrella? I guess I would say that whatever work you do on yourself is so worth it. How However long it takes, however uncomfortable feel it feels, it is worth it. I mean, and maybe you don't have a full-blown eating disorder. But most people could probably be more aware of what their relationship with food truly is. You know, do you feel deprived of, of certain foods when you don't let yourself have them? Or do you feel guilty when you indulge in foods? Or do you, you know, engage in negative food and body talk? Because I feel like as parents, we have this really powerful opportunity to at least put our children on the path towards body acceptance and a relationship with food and exercise. And I know that if I hadn't done work on my own relationship with those things, that I would have passed it on to my daughter. And I don't mean in some ill-intentioned way, just in the sense that I wouldn't have had the awareness to do anything differently. And I'm, I realize I'm only a year into being a parent, but I was a child for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> and I know yeah. that, that those messages can be really you know, damaging to children and they do, they have a lot of awareness. I mean, probably by around nine months, I, I always try and eat with my daughter when I'm feeding her. And she started to notice if I'm eating something different than her and she would start to demand like my food instead of her food, even if she was eating something that she loved. And it would usually be that I'm eating something that's like a choking hazard or that is more salted or whatever. And she, she knows like if my husband and I are eating pancakes and she's eating chicken, like she wants the pancakes. For sure. She's like, what the hell, man? So they, they, they know, I mean, and of course not every child that receives these negative messages about food and their bodies will develop an eating disorder, but I don't just want a daughter that doesn't have an eating disorder. I want a daughter who loves and appreciates and respects her body and who isn't plagued by food rules and chronic diets and just not feeling good enough in her own skin. Yeah. And I think like you had said before, the culture that we live in, I hope it gets better, but who knows? And so if she knows that she can come home to this really safe environment that, you know, her parents are teaching her how to trust herself and truly value herself for what it is, then even with this diet culture, it can kind of like ricochet off her herself and she can feel stable and grounded in that. So I feel like as parents, 
we are providing them with that gift, you know? Right. Like that, like the one place that we can control this sort of talk and experience around food is in our homes and in our families. And my husband and I, I mean, we're, we're trying to follow the whole, I forget the name of the dietitian. Ellen Sabbath. Said it, yeah. That you provide division of responsibility, the, the division of responsibility yeah. around meals. Right. So we're, yeah. Doing I need to bring Ellen Satter on here because I feel like every episode I somehow mention her. But yeah, go ahead. Ellen, so please, amazing. if you're listening. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, and, and we are, I mean, I you know I eat everything, but we are in the habit of we eat dessert after meals and we eat. And like when my daughter has the awareness, we're going to, if we're having a cookie, we're serving it with the food, with the regardless food, yeah. of what she eats. You know, it's not a treat. It's not, a, there's just so much that is normal in our society that you can see, you know, does sort of con- contribute to food labeling and food shaming. And there's just yikes. There's, there's just, just a lot, but I do feel like if anyone can be a good role model for her, it's, it's me. So, so beautiful. I love hearing you say this. Like my heart is bursting with happiness and I think it's good motivation when I'm, uh, as a provider, you know, working with someone where they are really struggling and feeling that hopelessness, I do tend to think about you because you've had a really hard journey and you are living proof that if you just keep at it and give yourself the time and the space, like there is full life at the end of this process. Like you are not forever with your eating disorder. So thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and I, like I said, I wasn't sure that I'd get better. I definitely was jeopardizing my, I mean, I almost lost my marriage over my eating disorder and being a mom was something that I always, I mean, since I was a child, I've always wanted to be a mom, but I didn't ever know that I was, would be healthy enough to do it. And I'm just, I'm so, I feel like I can be fully present and enjoy this experience of pregnancy and motherhood and all of these things just so much more because I've done the work on myself. Well, thank you for coming on here and sharing your story. And I hope um, mamas listening to this can hopefully take that motivation and put it into their recovery journey. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, mamas, for speaking to us here at Mom Jeans. We are so honored that you allowed us to share your stories. Don't forget to check out our social media pages so you can be connected to these amazing mamas and follow their stories. And if you ever want to share your story, please reach out to us at momjeansthepodcast at gmail.com. That's momjeans with a G. So our takeaway question for you is what steps do you need to take to get one step closer to healing and recovery? Because mama, you are worth it. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time. This episode of Mom Jeans was produced and edited by Rachel Coleman and Tina LeBoy. Just a reminder, this episode is not a substitute for therapeutic counsel or nutrition advice. Thank you to Jerry DePizzo for the music production. You can find episode information and show notes at www.momjeansthepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at momjeansthepodcast and join the Mom Jeans the Podcast Facebook group to find a community of mamas learning to love their bodies and discussing the episodes. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Mommy. See you next time.